So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into another episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. I am one of your hosts, Jake Trowbridge. You are not used to this being the first voice that you hear out of the gate, but my co-host had the toughest of tough days at the old workplace today. So I thought I would be kind enough to take the reins and let Dustin have just a little bit more chillaxing than he's used to. So Dustin, how are you? Are you prepared for this? Well, I'm never prepared for the show, but I'm doing much better now that we've got the AFC North hoot nanny happening here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for this. Absolutely. We are kicking off our divisional breakdown series, one of our favorites here on the show. And we've brought a whole gaggle of wonderful people yeah. along for the ride this evening. And I don't want to waste any time. So let me introduce the representatives from the AFC North that we'll be discussing a few things with us here tonight. So as I introduce you, gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind, there's just a couple of things that I'd like from you out of the gate. As I introduce you and, and share your wonderful accolades, I also want you to think about why you became a fan of this team. And if you wouldn't mind sharing that, and then perhaps even more importantly, what you drinking tonight? So let us start with the representative from Pittsburgh, or for Pittsburgh, C.H. Herms, host of the Lateral Podcast, writer at Fantasy Pros. Thanks for coming on, Herms. How are you doing? Yeah! Oh, baby! What's up? Hey. Uh, so, all right. Um, I became a Steelers fan because my parents are from northwestern Pennsylvania. There you go. Hey, that's that's as good of a reason as any. And I would say that's a fairly common one. I mean, not that specific location, perhaps, but the general theme and idea of it. Now, I know what you're drinking because you told us beforehand, but I want you to give the official endorsement here. Hint water. It tastes like water that had fruit in it for a really long time. <laughs> That's the slogan, folks. Drink in water. <laughs> and now we move over to the Baltimore representative here, co-host of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, writer at Going For Two, Thomas Tipple. Welcome to the show. Yo, man. Happy to be here. Look, it's real simple. The reason why I became a Ravens fan and why I got stuck through all the years of having to sit through Kyle Bowler, literally not figuratively trip over himself taking a snap. It's because as an Italian... If you, I don't know if you know this or not, but the first quarterback ever to play for Baltimore was Vinny Testaverde, a Paisan himself. And for some reason, my family thought that would be good enough uh, to get us in there. So because of Vinny Testaverde and his 470 years of football, I am a Baltimore Ravens fanatic. And tonight I am going with a Mike's Hard Iced Tea. And then just for fun, I have an Arizona Hard Iced Tea as well because... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm double dipping the the hard iced teas today. Double dipping the hard nice. teas. You love to see it, and I, you know I'm a I'm a younger NFL fan, meaning I got on board later than most of the NFL. But I remember that fellow Vinny. 
He seemed like a real good egg, so I'm glad you brought him on. <laughs> All right, now we are moving over to something real special and somebody who's going to get uh, maybe prodded more than everybody else on the show. So in advance, I apologize to the representative for the Cleveland Browns. He's the creator of JWB Fantasy Football, contributor for DLF. Wyatt Bertalone, how you doing, my man? Uh, pretty good. A little bit scared of what's to come. Um <laughs> I'm a Browns fan because, well, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, and it's pretty much just that simple. You know, you know just root for the home team. Uh, I'm old enough to remember back when they were actually good. So that was nice. Uh, and then they got sold to uh, Thomas's team over there, and they got to win a Super Bowl with basically our roster. So I don't know why he's complaining about any of the time he's had as a Ravens fan. But anyways. I just think Kyle Butler. As fate would have it. Two hours before we were getting ready to record, I was in my basement fridge, and I found a bottle of Brown's champagne that I lost, essentially, in the back of my basement <laughs> fridge. Yo. It's not that bubbly anymore, but I'm drinking it anyways. You had to wait a long wow. time for a reason to crack that bad boy open. <laughs> it was fake. Is this you might actually have a quarterback now? Maybe. <laughs> TBD, TBD. Yeah. We we will discuss later on. Don't you worry. All right, and last but certainly not least, representing the Cincinnati Bengals, the co-host of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a writer at Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Network, Andrew Hall. Welcome in. What's up, Jake? Good to be here. This is a hell of a murderer's row of the AFC North. I like this. All you guys. This is going to be a fun time. I uh, I became a fan of the Bengals when I went to UC. I started going there in two thousand. And at University of Cincinnati, I was like, you know what? This Bengals team is pretty bad. I can be a fan of them. So I decided to become a Bengals fan. I think it was a couple years after that I bought this Hushman Zada jersey, right? Come on, old school Hoosier Vanilla. Uh, so, yeah, I've been a Bengals fan ever since. Moved to Chicago and came back and still a Bengals fan. And it's nice to have been a Bengals fan for 20 years and kind of see a little bit. Even if it's not a win, it's still a glimpse of some sort of victory. So I'll take it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take second. That's better than we've done in a long time. So I'm happy with that. And I am drinking a, a Victory Golden Monkey is what I'm up to tonight. Nice, uh, a nice, delicious Belgian. So I figured, you know what? Hey, let's let's who day on a Tuesday. Oh, let's you know what I liked about that the most is that it rhymed. Bingo. So you had me. You had me sold. Now, Dustin, we we don't have to talk about our Packers fandom because a, it's not the NFC North; it's the no. AFC North, and b, we talk about it plenty. But uh, what do you think of this? beverage that we have tonight from Oliphant Brewing. It's a honey wheat. You know, I don't know if it's just because it's my first beer of the day after a long day, but this is friggin' delicious. I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah. Uh, nice, easy drinking. Perfect on the first, like, truly summer day of the year. I love it. I love it, too. And I picked it out, so I should. Uh, before <laughs> we get into our drunk trade, I just want to throw it out to Dang. Toronto Dave from the chat here. Uh, it's starting early, Wyatt, and I'm, I'm sorry, but he says the Browns <laughs> haven't been good since now. Don't worry, they got David Bell now, though, so TD, TD Dave is going to be right on there with you. He's going to be rooting with you on Sundays. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, real quick, before we get into this divisional breakdown, we just want to take a quick a little jaunt past our favorite section of the week here, the Drunk Trade of the Week. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 of the week. Gentlemen, I'm going to throw this one up on the screen for us. Oh, you're going to have to definitely increase your 
screen size to read this bad boy, so let me read it off to you. It just doesn't seem that uh, uh, small in general. Oh, no. Okay, that's what she this said. This actually yep. went down <laughs> in my league. All right, Ooh. this is from P.D. Stitz and J.B. Barry, friends of the show. Oh, kickers. On one side, this is a 10-team Superflex tight end premium league. Uh, just as a little precursor here, P.D. Stitz says he had nine cocktails prior to making this trade. And Ooh. just for context, uh, I believe it was it was something with coconut. What's the coconut one? Pina colada. Pina colada, that's the one. Ernst. He had nine Ooh. pina coladas beforehand. So. Ooh. He sent away Baker Mayfield. Eh? A little Cleveland action there. Kicker Daniel Carson. Carson, that's right. This league has kickers. Linda is I'm in not. this league, in case you were wondering. Ah, uh, that is the so. thing. Also sent that. away Marquis Hollywood Brown, now an Arizona Cardinal, along with the 210 and the 308 in this year's draft. Petey got in return. Marcus Mariota, new quarterback for the Falcons. Tyler Lockett, young way coup, kicker for the Falcons. A 309 and a 409. Any first impressions? I'm going to throw it out to whoever has a good idea about this one. A, do you have a preference? And B, what could PD have done a little different here? It's got to be J.B. Barry, right? Mar Marquise Brown's the only worthwhile asset in any of this. <laughs> I was going to say, it's very hard for me to like any trade where somebody actually takes on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but like Brown is the best piece there by like a lot. And then a slight mm -hmm. upgrade on the picks. Would anybody let us just hypothetically say if Baker Mayfield was taken off here, does that move the needle at all for anybody? And we're going to no. dive into that part a little bit later, but no. No, well, I'll say this. No. I, I think it's interesting. It's like one QB, one, one kicker, one receiver, and two picks on both sides. So it's almost like one of those trades you start to build. You're like, I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. And you go to the other team. You're like, I'll bet he doesn't like this guy. I'll bet he doesn't like this guy. And you just kind of like build a trade and you're like, screw it. Let's send it. And then the other guy accepts. And you're like, what have I done? Like, what the, It was pointless. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a lateral move. But I will say the Marquise Brown is the best piece. So I guess that side wins. I don't know. P I, I don't know. Yeah. the kicker upgrade. So that's yes. a shout out. Yes. So shout out Linda, for, you know. She's teaching me up on the kickers. That's a kicker upgrade right there. That's that's big time. That's big time. Uh, I did want to <laughs> let everyone know that Toronto Dave says his needle hasn't moved in a while, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> You're amongst friends, Dave. You're good. <laughs> All right. That's enough for the drug trade. Oh, my God. That was perfect, by the way. Can we borrow that for every episode? Because I would really like it. <laughs> I'm just going to snip that part and do it without you anyways. We don't even need your permission. <laughs> if I on the podcast, that we would be able to do that. Uh, we're going to breeze past that. I don't think there is anything uh, too pertinent to really discuss there outside of what we did. But I want to get into the meat, the main event with you all. We're going to go through team by team. We're going to talk about who they lost, who they gained, whether via free agency or the draft. And then just get a general feel for how everybody uh, expects their teams to do, not just for fantasy, but in real life as well. So let us start with the Baltimore Ravens, because they're Ooh. the first put on the sheet. So I want to talk about who they lost, which I think is more prescient than who they gained. Uh, they lost Marquise Brown that we were just talking about, lost Sammy Watkins, Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray. Say notable losses. That notable is in quotations for some of these guys, uh, including notable addition Mike Davis, who just signed with them today. 
um, but they drafted Charlie Kohler in the first, fourth, Isaiah Likely in the fourth, Tyler Batty, Beatty, I don't know, in the sixth. Uh, I'll learn his name if he gains fantasy relevance. <laughs> uh, but I do want to start with you, Thomas, on this yeah. division here. As we go through this, I think the one thing that stands out Well, maybe not the one thing, but the thing that's most recent is the addition of Mike Davis. So are we concerned at all about J.K. Dobbins this year? No, I I really do think Mike Davis is just cannon fodder for their practice field. Like when I came in and said that, like, I'm not kidding. Last year, they had possibly the worst luck with running backs, and it was on that damn field. I just think... A lot of training camp stuff. I think they just need a body. I think Mike Davis is a training camp body. And I think he's going to be there with, with Batty to, to you know, supplant Justice Hill, who's cut. He's definitely dust. He won't be there. And, and I, I mean, it's fine. He's a veteran presence, and they'll keep him on there, and he'll get, like, three touches a game. I swear to God, Greg Roman, if you give him more than that, we're going to have words. I'm going to need to use my sensor button more often. But I, I think he's just there to help give a break to, to Dobbins and to Gus while they recover and get ready. So I think that's it. Fair. Okay. Well, I do want to go around the horn. I don't want to talk about J.K. Dobbins so much. Because I'm curious if you had to, because this is more fun for me. If you had to ride with Mike Davis or Gus Edwards, let's call it in your flex spot for running back for this year. Who would you rather have? Thomas, I want to save you till the end. I assume I know, obviously, based on your response. But, Dustin, would you rather have Gus Edwards or would you rather have Mike Davis? Can I pass? That's gross. I want to pass. (laughs) You may not. You must choose. Uh, I I guess I would say at this point, Mike Davis, just because he is the most healthy backup there. Uh, I'll, I'll take the health over the recovering Gus. Andrew, thoughts on this? Well, I like Gus's nickname better, so I'm tempted to lean that way. I mean, God, Gus Buzz, come on. That's just terrific. I like having that on my bench every week because really that's where either of these guys are going to be. So it really, I don't know if it matters. I mean, I'd almost rather have, I guess I'm with your logic too. Like they just signed Davis. Maybe he's got a chip in his shoulder. You know, he had a bad bad couple of years even if you want to go back. I mean, there is some value in saying new new scenery. Maybe it helps, but. Gus has been in that offense longer, so I, I probably lean Gus, but I see the logic. And again, neither one, hopefully, is ever seeing my starting lineup. <laughs> Otherwise, that's a bad week. Herms, <laughs> if you had to, who are you going with? Well, I mean, they're both they're both bad. So that's not that's not good. It's verifiably not good. It's bad. Hashtag analysis. Uh, Nailed it. No. That was perfectly no, good. And, and like at that like you have to start going through the different tiebreakers to really figure out which bad thing you want. And I'm just gonna go with the old Twitter classic of uh who's got better quads. And at that point it's very clearly Mike Davis. So I mean sure, give me the quads. Fine. Wyatt, are you in on the quad logic there? Well, if you watched a video, a wonderful video put out by the Full Built Dynasty podcast last year, you would know that the answer is never Mike Davis. That's right. <laughs> Wyatt, Wyatt listened and, and he got himself some smart in the fuck up and he stopped drafting running backs with pretty workloads. Smart Wyatt. I was one of the four souls in the video. You were. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Thomas, let's throw it back to you. Let's throw Batty into the mix. If you had to start the year with one of those guys, and I emphasize starts because of potential, you know, lingering injury questions and all that, especially with Gus. Batty, Davis, or Gus? It's Gus, and it's not Mike Davis. Mike Davis, after week six, only had two more games uh, more with 12 fantasy points than Patrick Ricard had. So... That's bad. And Patrick Ricard had one. Mike Davis is so bad. He got to play and only had two more games of 12 plus uh, PPR points than Patrick fullback defensive lineman Ricard. It's not Mike Davis. It's never Mike Davis. Stop with Mike Davis. I would I would rather batty. You're selling me on Patrick Ricard. I got to go see if he's available. Like, that guy sounds amazing. <laughs> go look at how many routes he runs. How, like how many yeah. routes he put out there for because Greg Roman decides it's a smart idea to leave a fullback out there with <laughs> tight ends and wonder why they can't throw the ball. I hate Greg Roman with a passion, but I would still rather have Patrick Ricard out there uh, than Mike Davis. You got to teach me that. That was gold. <laughs> it's so good. And this 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 podcast allows cursing, but I like it better with the bleeping. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. It really <laughs> adds Roman. I got to tone it. Oh, it 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 hurts my worse. The only thing worse than Greg Roman for me is watching the Toronto Maple Leafs continuously lose out in the first round. Like they're side by side, and it it's it's equally as bad for me. All right, I don't want to drama there. I don't want to hang on the negative for you. I I want to be able to move you in a positive direction here, Thomas. So I'm going to try my best by discussing what is hopefully a softball here. So with the draft, they didn't really add guys that to me, or maybe to the average fantasy player, which is me, uh, they didn't add guys that feel like they're really cutting into anybody's work. So they had two tight ends, which seems to be their passion in drafts, is drafting multiples. So they add two guys in the fourth. Do we think they factor into this offense at all, i.e. taking away from Mark Andrews or adding on to what he does? So in 2019, when they had Hayden Hurst, he didn't really stop the Mark Andrews breakout that much, and he was still progressing. And that's what they're re- – I think Boyle is gone. Nick Boyle has not been able to be healthy again after he got hurt. They tried to bring him back a couple times last year. It killed them. So they draft uh, Kolar. Then they get Isaiah Likely because he can he can move. He didn't run very well at his 40, but he is a move tight end that, again, Greg Roman loves leaving him out there to run routes. So why not have a guy? And in 2019, when they were most efficient, it was with a fullback and two tight ends or three tight ends, one running back and one receiver. That's, I think, what they want to go back to being. And maybe not even just to run the ball at nauseum, but to be more efficient where Jackson's comfortable. The only person I'd rather see is likely, but it's not going to cut into Mark Andrew. He might miss out on a couple of big plays, but Mark Andrew's snap share is not going to go down and his targets are not going anywhere i like it i want to go around the horn here and ask for 2022 are you comfortable drafting mark andrews in the first two rounds is it a smash decision do you have some pause about it or are you opting out of that let's start with you wyatt are you interested in mark andrews in the first two rounds maybe at the very end of the second round maybe but i i I do believe that they're going to be uh, back to that run-heavy offense. And while Mark Andrews is, you know, very, very good, very efficient, I do think uh, 
his targets will come down a little bit just because the share in total will be less. So I, I'm a little bit weary about the first two rounds, maybe at the end of the second. Herm, is he smashing that button if he falls to the end of the second? Uh, I mean, he's no Pat Fryermuth or anything, but, you know, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I will say, the, I mean, like, I, I'm really coming around to the whole idea of you either need to be aggressive with, like, the top three tight ends or literally just last pick or don't draft one. Like, the in-between, like, I, I don't know, I've been looking at the numbers because I'm a nerd. And it's just like, that's the conclusion that I've drawn. So because of that, he's one of the three guys that I feel like warrants actually being drafted. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, why not? After those three, it's dangerous. I, I do agree with you for sure. I am a known tight end. Uh, what's the opposite of expert? I don't know, schlub, a tight end doofus. I don't under, I wouldn't even give myself that. I would not give myself the novice tag. I am worse than that. So I would have a tendency to agree with you there, Herbs. Andrew, is that part of your draft strategy? Do you go for a tight end? Would it be Andrews? I guess it, it depends, right? If I'm talking, you know, like a super flex tight end premium where there's, you know, quarterbacks are all up in there. Maybe not. I could see that being a little trickier, but tight end premium with one QB for sure. Uh, if it's a two tight end league or you got like a 1.75 kind of a thing for tight ends. I do again agree with Herms entirely. I think that there there are only a few that are worth drafting, and I think it, this is the answer that is kind of a cop out, but it's still always true: is play your draft, play your room, you like know who you're playing against. And I think if you start to see like if somebody grabs Kelsey at 105, right, it's like okay, well maybe I got to pay attention in the second round and, and see what kind of feel it out. If you're on the end, you got to you got to reach with your second pick at 201. Maybe that's not the worst idea because by the time you get back to 312, oh boy. You know what I mean? Like it could get bad real quick. So I think it kind of depends. I don't mind him in a second at all. I think that's actually a pretty good spot for him. Um, but I could see the logic in passing. Let's put it that way. It depends on the draft. Fair. Dustin, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Can you do it? Can you pull the trigger in a second? I don't think it's a bad spot, but personally, I like to wait on tight end until way late in the draft. I just I don't like spending that draft capital early, uh, especially, you know, in a redraft league like where it's just one year, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the waiver wire and, and make it work week to week if I have to. Or maybe if I, you know, get lucky and get one of those tight ends that breaks out for a year. But uh, typically early in the drafts, I don't like to spend that capital on them. That is fair. I tend to be historically that way, but I'm trying to shift away from it. Toronto Dave, by the way, just want to throw out some other options for tight end novice, which would be Jabroni, Clown. Uh, I will take tight end Jabroni. Every day of the week, I think I might switch my. Like instead of a tight end whisperer, you're a tight end screamer. Like I don't know if I want to have tight end screamer on your. You know what I'm saying? Like is that good or bad? That could be misconstrued. So that nickname is perfect. So many ways. So many ways. I know I said this wasn't like a PG show, but Jesus, Andrew, I mean, you really ramped it up there, man. What's wrong? What's wrong with tight end screamer? I don't understand. I couldn't help oh it. my goodness. All right, let's get back to the Ravens here for one more. Uh, I really am interested here, Thomas. So talking a little bit already about what the offense should look like here with these additions and subtractions. But if we're looking at the focal point, it's Lamar Jackson. So for Lamar's fantasy value for 2022 especially, are you at all concerned? I mean, I'm not worried about his long-term dynasty 
effects here. I don't think anybody would be. But for 2022, do you have any concerns? No, um, I, I don't. Because if they want to use Lamar Jackson's strength, which is the big tight end sets, then that's going to benefit him. That's what he's most comfortable with. I don't think he wants to throw to three or four different wide receivers. I think he wants to have one wide receiver, which is why Hollywood Brown had the most unique wide receiver one role on any. He was the smallest number one red zone target in the league. Like Lamar Jackson just wanted to look his way. Then he went Andrews and vice versa. Now he just has a better prospect to take Marquise Brown's spot in the efficiency category. Yeah, I think he'll throw more touchdowns this way. I think he'll have more options this way. I'm not worried about his his uh, uh, fantasy value at all. And prior to getting hurt, the man was on pace to do historic things before he had gotten hurt. So if they do need him to throw the ball, you can ask Indianapolis. He can definitely do it when he needs to. Now let him do it when he's comfortable and has a healthy team around him. People who fade Jackson for last year often want to fade him because of the end of last year, not for what he was doing for the first 13 weeks, which was being the number one or number two quarterback in points per game. So, and he was doing it with a shell of a roster. So no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about him at all. There's zero worry. Me at all. And also just thumbs up if we're in the Rashad Bateman fan club here. Oh, anybody can get on board with that piece of action. Yeah. I'm, I'm, very excited. We're all excited, listeners. You can't see it, but it's thumbs galore here. Thumbs galore for Rashad Bateman, which I think everybody would be. Uh, Andrew, stop trying to make this another tight end thing. I wasn't going to say it, but I was like, we're talking tight end screaming and lots of thumbs. What are you talking about over there? Man? Oh my God. This was supposed to be a gentle comment. And then I saw your eye shift about it. All right, let's move here over since you just had to have a smirk about the thumbs comment here. Let's get to your Bengals here, Andrew. Let's talk about them. Uh, some losses. If you want to call them notable, feel free. It's your team. But CJ Uzama and Alden Tate are out the door. Hayden Hurst joins the club there, a little switcheroo at tight end. Uh, no real fantasy-relevant draft picks unless we just talk about how they improve the overall offense, but nothing from uh, you know uh, an offensive skill set. So I guess my question is, will Joe Mixon finish as a top five running back again this year? It's very likely. Yeah, I'll say this too. And it's it's weird actually being a Bengals fan and not drafting anybody of note, not losing anybody of note, not gaining anybody of note and feeling more excited. Like we did a terrific job. And I say we, cause I am a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. I think I'm allowed. I pay them money, but like we did, I'm not, not an owner like you guys in, in Green Bay, but you know, I try. Um, but we, I think we did a great job addressing the defense in the draft and free agency. We got our offensive line, you know, shored up. They got to play together. We got to see how they gel, but I feel like they've they've addressed every possible concern. And, I mean, I do think C.J. Uzama is a notable loss in the sense that he was a heart of the team. I do think Hayden Hurst is lateral in that move, and that's a nod to Herms, uh, where it's like he's a lateral move in the sense of, like, he's he's just as talented. But to get back to your actual question, Joe Mixon, I think, with this new offensive line and this defense actually, hopefully, being able to slow people down, that means more garbage time for Joe Mixon. I think that this is probably one of the best setups we've seen for Joe Mixon. Now, granted, that's somewhat a crutch argument, right? There's a narrative I'm building there, right? And it's not always true. Are they always going to be ahead by 30 points? I doubt it. But I can tell you from watching every game last year, there were a lot of times that if we could just let 
you know, get up with a lead 10, 15 points and let Joe Mixon run the ball, I'd be happy with it. We just couldn't get there. Our defense just kept letting it like the Jets game. My God, the Browns game. Like there are so many times that they just let the teams get back into it. And if we can slow them down, I think that, that bodes only positive for Mixon. So yeah, I'm definitely on the Mixon trade this year. And uh, no worries about Chris Evans, Captain America Bengals sneaking in to steal away some targets. This I'm that. fine with it. Honestly, I feel like he needs to get a break here and there anyway. And as long as they're not giving the ball to Samaji Piran in the Super Bowl, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like, what a great <laughs> play that one was. Um, we were seeing that all year. It's just, I don't know the logic behind it. And I, I may never know because of that, you know, the fallacy of rational coaching. You know what I mean? We always think coaches will do the right thing and they're idiots, as you were just getting into before there, Thomas. So it's like, you know, at some point you have to realize that, that P. Ryan ain't it. And I think maybe they're finally coming around to that. So I'm fine with Evans as like a third down change of pace, you know, give Mixon a breather kind of a guy. I don't, I'm not worried about him taking over the job. No. Fair enough. Now I want to shift to the wide receivers. It does feel a little bit like who, who are we expecting to take a step back if anybody here, and it might be tough to go through this list of fantasy relevant guys and actually point to somebody. Hopefully your rivals will be able to help me out on that just a bit. I'm sure. But I am yeah. curious for everybody in the group. You know, last year, this time we were talking about of the three receivers there, who would we take at cost for redraft? You know, Jamar Chase, of course, having the connection with Joe Burrow. And then the, the whole drops thing that happened, uh, that was an issue. Couldn't and see then, the ball, right? All that you stuff. Know, yeah. yeah, where was the stripe on the ball to really help him out? And then T. Higgins, you know, seemed like a value. And then Tyler Boyd felt like an ultra value. And I'll take I'll take the, the beating to the kneecaps here. I was all in on Tyler Boyd last year. It's like Thanks. he's so cheap. That's yeah. the way to go. Yep. But he's hard to avoid. avoid. Yep. But let's rule him out for just this year, unless anybody's really, really into him. But out of the two, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and as of right now, I would say there's going to be at least a round difference between where those two are drafted. Do we have a preference for Chase or Higgins? Let's assume a round and a half in between. I've not fact checked that. I'm just kind of guessing here. Andrew, starting with you, would you rather wait for Higgins or do you believe in Chase that much? Again, it's again, the cop-out answer I gave before, right? It depends on your draft. I'm, I'm drafting in a home redraft league here in Cincinnati. If I don't get Chase at 102, I'm probably not getting him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that's that's how it goes when it's a home league, right? If I'm playing in a random league or, you know, a free league or Scott Fishbowl or something like that, I might be willing to wait for Higgins because somebody might say, well, how is he going to do that well with Chase's getting all the attention and Chase is going to go in the first, give me Higgins in the third. Like you said, the lower cost, lower risk, possibly the same, if not higher reward. So I'm kind of on board with Higgins in general. But I mean, I can guarantee you if I'm on the clock at 106 in my home league and, and Chase is still there, I am running to the podium, even in Superflex. Like, I don't care. Like, he's just such a difference maker. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't go wrong. But I guess, you know, I'll, I'll lean what you said. I'll lean to the little cheaper asset and hopefully get some of the value in the first or second. Fair enough. Thomas, how about you? Any preference there based on presumed draft cost? No, I want both of them. If I can get both of them right. in a draft, I'll do that. So there's there's very few players that I would take above the mainstay quarterbacks, right? See, I'm a rushing quarterback only, so I don't include Burrow in this list. But if I were to if they were quarterback like so you go obviously Mahomes, Allen, Herbert maybe, and then Jackson Kyler. There's two players. Is that, that obvious? <laughs> Jackson and, and Kyler, two players. And it's Jamar Chase and it's Justin Jefferson. And I will happily reach for a Jamar Chase at 1-5. I will get him at 1-6. And then when that comes all the way back around, I will go and draft T. Higgins. 
The man is a top 12 player in points per game when he's out there. And uh, Andrew's very confident in Mixon repeating. I'm not. The man soared past his career touches last year, and Zach Taylor is hashtag fake sharp uh, and will continuously put out horrific plotters on the field. And when they do that, it's going to be Chase and it's going to be Higgins. I want both of them. I have no preference. I want them both. I will go and get them both so I can at least make some money while I cry as they destroy my favorite franchise. A little bit of mudslinging, and I love it. Yeah, I want more of it. Uh, for best ball, by the way, I just want to throw out, I would absolutely do for both. I am I am team never stack wide receivers. It's not mm. like it's worked out that well for me. It's more just stuck up in here now, and I'm stubborn about it, and I don't want to move beyond it. Herms, of the two or of both, are you one or the other or both guy or avoiding both? Ah, man, dude. Don't get me wrong, like, Jamar Chase is, well, it also, just keep in mind, more of a redraft guy. So, in terms of, like, Dynasty, I mean, obviously, there's, I'd much rather have Chase, but that's also just expensive to do. But, like, thinking just for 2022, I have a feeling people are going to be really excited about the year that Jamar Chase had and elevate him to a point where maybe he's, like, the wide receiver three or four or something. And in that case, I'm like... I don't know. Those were a lot of long touchdowns, my guy. Like, not to say that he doesn't have room to grow, but at the same time, it's just, it's part of it. And also, I think about, like, one of the distinguishing factors between the two is, like, and again, this may also have something to do with the types of throws that Joe Burrow would make to Jamar Chase, but the catch rate, not as good as you would get with the Higgins. So it's like, they're, they're going to get around the similar enough amount of targets and even if chase does get more like if his catch rate doesn't improve then like higgins catching more balls with like less targets i don't know the math works out somehow i'll take the value of higgins because jamar chase is going to be way too high i'm just going to believe you on math because i don't i don't do math and so whatever somebody math. tells me whenever <laughs> they say this is my math i just say i bet it is and then i move on so why would you rather have chase or higgins or a no preference here uh, no preference. I'll take happily take both. Uh, yeah, I mean they're both like wide receiver ones basically. Uh, and, and the thing that I really like about them is that one, the offense kind of works through them, I think, and two, they can have the big weeks that win you your weeks. So I'm good with having either one. Happily take them both on the same team. Don't care. Love it. I do think it's interesting that people maybe potentially are forgetting how much that T. Higgins came on towards the end of the last year. And I think people are still remembering those those early season highlights from Chase. So I do think that the discount is curious. It's curious that they're not, I don't think, uh, valued as close together as I think they should be. But who am I? I don't make ADP. Uh, Dustin, are you down with Jamar Chase's ADP or T. Higgins ADP? Well, I missed most of the conversation, so um, I will say Chase. Okay. You'd rather take the – yeah, I, I'm assuming here there's about a round and a half difference. Between the two, you would have to take Chase earlier if you want to, but you're comfortable with that? Absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong with either player, let's be honest, but yeah, I like Chase. And let's be honest, I'm just going to draft Tyler Boyd again because I never learn from <laughs> any of lessons that people try to instill on me is outside of the mainstay guys and andrew of course more curious here for you because you study these guys so much outside of the main folks here 
your stud quarterback, your stud running back, these stud wide receivers. Is there any fringe guy on the team that you're interested in for fantasy, whether dynasty or redraft? Hayden Hurst, man. I'm telling you, I think there he's quietly got an option here to be a a, a top three or four target getter on a team. Now, if we're if we're passing on Andrews and we're passing on tight end and going late, I'm probably taking two of those, you know, middle tier kind of guys. And honestly, everybody from tight end four to forty four is a middle tier guy. So I'm probably going to take two shots on those and just kind of see which one feels better and, and maybe play the matchups early in the season and redraft anyway. And I think Hayden Hurst has the potential to do that. He he actually didn't do too badly in Atlanta. He got a little bit over his skis in some places and, you know, wasn't the best at blocking and all this. But I do think that this offense is going to be a passing offense. I do think Mixon can still eat, like I said before, but I do think this offense is going to move. And I think Hurst is someone I'm trying to acquire in Dynasty, uh, mainly because his cost is low. Uh, you can get him for, for draft picks right now for a third or a fourth round sometimes. Uh, you can get him as a throw-in on trades, you know, to kind of even it out or what have you. So uh, any, especially in tight end premium or anything where there's a bonus given to that, it's like, why not put him on my bench and see what happens? He's the guy I'm taking a flyer on, partially because he's the only cheap option left. I mean, everybody else, I mean, Mixon, Burrow, the three receivers, all those guys are going to be gone in the first eight rounds of your re- re- redraft, you know? Even Boyd, I think, is going to go in the eighth or tenth round which is either starter or first in on waivers or we're on bye weeks. I mean, like you're, you're really not getting any deeper options. There aren't any other receivers with Tate leaving that I'm really you know excited about. So yeah, I think Hayden Hurst is the sleeper on the team. The only option left. <laughs> I, I don't hate that. And he's just a very good dude. Hayden good guy. Hurst, yep. Good dude. Mm-hmm. JWB fantasy football. How are you in the chat as well? It's crazy. Uh, they say Chase scored within the wide receiver 36. In points per game and 75% of his games last year. Higgins was still the wide receiver 14 in points per game. Both at cost is a good answer. I agree with that. I think we can all. It sounds like we're all kind of on board. Who gave Um, Nate the JYB uh, YouTube account for today, Wyatt? Because I know that's Nate. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that's Nate. You're muted. Wyatt's Wyatt's muted. Yeah, uh, because I've never podcasted before. I believe that's uh, <laughs> Tyler. Oh, really? All right, all right. That had a little bit of uh, Nate there, but with with Andrew's point on Hurst, the last time and only time Hayden Hurst was the number one tight end, he was fifteenth in points per game at the position. That was with eighty eight targets. No reason why he can't hit eighty targets in a in a better offense than he was in before. Hayden Hurst should be gone after. I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to the Steelers here. <laughs> Let's move on to the Steelers a little bit because there's a lot of moving parts with the Steelers. So talk about the opposite of the Bengals from that perspective. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster, lose James Washington, Eric Ebron, Ray Ray McLeod. I want to shout out as the touch. Uh, what am I trying to say? Not touchdown guy. I almost said touchdown guy. He wasn't. Dump off guy, though, was Ray Ray McLeod for Ben Roethlisberger last year. Notable addition to free agency, Mitch Trubisky. We all go, OK, there's their starter for 2022 possibly, but no, no, no. They add Kenny Pickett in the first round, the only quarterback taken in the first three rounds. They add George Pickens in the second, another wide receiver, Calvin Austin in the fourth, Connor Hayward, a tight end in the sixth. Chris Oladakum in the seventh, a quarterback as well, because why not make it a party? So, Herms, I'm just curious, open-ended question here. What were you most excited about of all of the moves that happened over the offseason so far? Not having to watch Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Honestly, like that, like when he was like, I'm retiring. It was just like, yes, that, like that's that's all we really needed. Because like, look, very appreciative for the couple Super Bowl rings 
great time, but I'll tell you what, over the last couple of years watching that man just be the wet sack of potatoes trying to run around with the football, I mean, do you, I mean like honestly, it was like watching a wet sack of potatoes with like like a rubber band slingshot attached to be like, okay, so you, you pull it back and then the football goes way forward. And then it, it's like one of those like contraptions you make as a child that you're sure is going to work. Like, you know, like, oh, we're going to put this, you know, apple inside this thing and it's going to launch like, you know, hundreds of feet in the air and then only goes like six inches in front of you or something like that's that's watching Ben Roethlisberger try to <laughs> throw a football like it's, n- nothing else matters him not being there best thing Super so then happy. based based off of that then with the two quarterbacks who could potentially and I'm, I'm sure you have a preference here but between Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett let's say the worst case scenario out of those two happens whoever that is for you how much of an upgrade is that still for themselves and for these wide receivers this year? The worst case scenario for either one of them wins probably two more games than Ben did last year. So that's, you know, like it's the simple fact that either one of Trubisky or Pickett can both like run faster than two miles an hour and can throw a ball further than seven yards. It's perfect. It's perfect. Because so many times, not even just last year, but like the year before as well, we'll have some, like, especially frustrating for Deontay Johnson. Like, he'll just be out there. He's there. He's, oh, over here. Oh. And then it's just like, I got you. And then just barely, you know, so many wasted opportunities. Also, fun fact, this is why people need to give Deontay Johnson more credit. Look at his career. First three years in the league. First year, he had Mason Rudolph and a guy named Duck. What? And then the next two, just noodle arm sack of potatoes, Ben Roethlisberger. So if those stats don't tell you anything with what he was having to work with, the quarterback, I don't know. Either way, uh, yeah, better than Ben. I don't know. What am I even saying? I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> a low bar. <laughs> I, it is a low bar, but, you know, again, if you even just walk to it and trip over it, that would be fine for you, it sounds like. Uh, just for, you know, just being able to enjoy the games. Now, I'm curious for the group here. We're talking about the wide receivers. And, of course, you mentioned Deontay Johnson and how much that sucked for him and having to just watch him sort of be wasted. Now we have so many wide receiver additions coming through. So, yeah, Juju is gone, but he wasn't really playing last year. So it's not like we can just compare that last year's offense with him. So now there's George Pickens. Now there is Calvin Austin, who I actually kind of like. Um, there's a lot of good guys here. Are we worried at all about it being too spread out? Or is that silliness? Do we think Deontay will still remain the guy? Hermes, let's start with you. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really see much of a reason why he wouldn't. Uh, like, And I do understand the concern about there being too many cooks in the kitchen. or what it, No, that's the phrase. That's the phrase. Uh, but... I don't know. Pickens is kind of just like either we eventually let Chase Claypool go or like maybe if Devante doesn't, uh, Devante, Deontay Johnson doesn't resign. Like that's kind of what he's there for. But like, I, dude, Deontay Johnson's so good. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> and also just shout out Pat Fryermuth because he kind of counts technically. I'm throwing him in here anyway. From the time he took over that starting gig until he got concussed in that Minnesota Vikings game, homie led all tight ends, not just rookie tight ends, all tight ends 
in red zone receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns from within the 5, 10, and 20. So, like, don't think he's going away. All right? So we're going to talk about the receivers. Oh, there's a lot of them, but don't forget Muth. He's Luth. You cannot put that genie back inside the bottle. Yeah, he's already Luth. You can't make him unluth. Mm-hmm. That would be uncouth. So, Wyatt, I want to go over to you here talking about these wide receivers real quick. So, like we did with the Bengals, because there are a lot of good options here, I don't have a strong ADP argument to make for any of them right now. I would assume Deontay is probably still going to be had in no earlier than the third round. But just based on perception, would you rather attack Deontay early or wait for a guy like maybe Pickens, who is coming off of an injury, and take that risk? It's definitely Deontay. Um, Best Ball Mania drafts right now on underdog. His ADP is in the early 40s. Uh, I like that a lot, actually. Um, And, you know, great players demand targets. And that's what Deontay does because he's a great player. So, like, I have no worries there. I'm happy to draft him at his spot. A little bit worried about Claypool now because I think they just drafted his replacement maybe as soon as this year. I think Pickens is really good. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, two years from now, we're like, oh, Pickens was the best wide receiver in this draft. And he went to an organization that he needed to go to because this one thing is that, like, he might have some immaturity issues. And, like, who else but Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to rein that in? Love that. Mm -hmm. Dustin, would you attack early Deontay, or are you waiting to take a chance here? No, smash Deontay. No question about it. He's he's amazing. He's going to get his targets. He's going to do things with the ball he does. I have zero hesitations taking him where, where you need to there early in the draft. Thomas, let's say hypothetically that he won't make it past the middle of the third round. Let's say that that's it. You can take him there or you can't take him at all. Would you do it? Easy. Uh, I actually, in my uh, first ever Devi startup, we're doing the NFL side first, and I happily started uh, five straight wide receivers, and Deontay Johnson uh, was one of them, and he's actually in the fourth round. But considering targets are earned, and last year he was sixth, and or in 2020 he was sixth, and last year he was second, I don't care if it, it's Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, they could bring Duck back, don't care. Good players demand targets, and targets he shall demand. I'll draft him third round, no problem. Don't even joke about them bringing Duck back. That's not I, I, not <laughs> something that any of us are equipped to really deal with. Imagine how bad you'd feel if he actually was the starter week one after you said something like that. Well, hey, I mean, good good, good for Baltimore. So, I mean, if I can push <laughs> into existence, eh. as long as you keep him out of the CFL. I don't want him there either. <laughs> Andrew, for you, I'm interested. I want to tailor this to you. T. Higgins in the second round or Deontay Johnson in the third? Man, that's that's tough. My homerism says Higgins, but Higgins in the second still feels a little expensive, and I feel like the, the value on Deontay might be better. So in a vacuum, those two, not knowing anything else, I, I don't mind having Deontay on my team. Now, I'll be honest, it, it's tough, and I'm sure we all have this a little bit, right, where you're, you draft the player on your enemy team, right, and you're just like... I have to cheer for Deontay Johnson now. Like, I really don't want to do, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels wrong, right? But Deontay is one of those guys that is just so good at it. I love watching him play. Like, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's explosive. I really do hope, and and this is entirely genuine, Herms. I do hope the Steelers are better this year. I feel like iron sharpens iron, and the only way that we all get better is if all of us in this division rise to the occasion. 
nope. I think the Browns did a hell of a job. Well, hang on a second. I'm getting the <laughs> Browns did a hell of a job. You're getting Watson. It's terrific. Let's bring it up, right? Let's do that. Except, nope, not Ravens. I'm done with you. No, get out of here. I can't take it. <laughs> I'll give you that one for being the doormat for the last, I don't know, nine Thank you. years in the division. Finally, we finally get something for yeah, being the doormat. I, we were terrible for decades. 100%. Yeah. But you yeah. had a consistently mediocre quarterback in Andy Dalton yeah. for like 10 of them. So that five is in the playoffs, terrible. It was the, it got to the point where my father-in-law would call me whenever there was a primetime game. He goes, how's Andy Dalton going to lose the game this week? And I'd just be like, he's probably going to fumble it in the third quarter. And it's gonna be <laughs> like, I was just leaning into it. I'm like, he's terrible. Like, So I'm just happy to be done with that. Again, this is not, I hope, I'm just speaking it into existence. This is not the pinnacle of our Bengals. We, we have some room to grow. And I know that may sound strange because we came in second. But this team is young, and they are ready to go. And I do think this whole division is pretty strong coming into this year. Ravens had the, one of the best drafts I've seen in the last five years. Like, just value after value after value. You know, like to all the positivity on everything there. But, like, the Steelers, obviously, now getting Pickett was apparently their guy. Like, this this whole division is new. This whole division is fresh and ready to go. I'm excited for it. So, we're, we're not the Bungles. We're not the AFC North from the past. Like, we're, we're here to stay. And so, it's it's awesome being a part of a division like that. I like that. That was sweet. Andrew, that was so damn sweet. That might have been the sweetest thing we've ever had on this podcast. Uh, Positivity, sure. baby. I'd have to check the tape uh, to be sure. But one last question before we move off of the Steelers here for you, Herms. Pat Fryermuth, you've talked about him. I want you to talk about him more. I love me some Pat Fryermuth. Dustin knows this. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a big time fan of this guy. So let's look for Dynasty. Because I I was just, I threw this out on Twitter not really knowing the answer, but I was just curious. I wondered if we overvalue sometimes the uber athletes, the freaks at the tight end position, and we discount a guy like Pat Fryermuth, perhaps, who doesn't jump off of the page as this ultra athlete. But in Dynasty, and I know you say redraft is your forte, but I just want to know, yeah, yeah. what is the gulf, generally speaking, between a Kyle Pitts and a Pat Fryermuth for you long term. Big? Whew. I mean, the thing that Kyle Pitts has going for him that Pat Frymuth doesn't is that the entire franchise was like, okay, we're rebuilding this offense. Let's build it around that guy. You know, like, cause it it's it's Kyle Pitts' offense at the end of the day. And no offense to the recently drafted Drake London either, but I think even he knows that. So like, you know, when you have a guy like Kyle Pitts which I don't know that any other team ever has, you know, you're going to build it around him. So, you know, but I will say like at cost, you know, because everything is all about finding the bargains, you know, clipping the coupons where you can in the draft, like dude, fire move, bro, bro, dude, like, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what more people, honestly, you know, and for as much as people say, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, Pat Fryman's awesome. And th- but, like, I I also see a lot of people being like, oh, I don't know about this trade, man. I don't know. Or, like, if they already have him or something, it's just like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, people are very non-committal with the Pat Frymuth love. And I'm just like, pick a side, man. Pick a side, okay? Like, honest. And also, think about this. Think about this. In a world where Kyle Pitts' father didn't have a twinkle in his eye, we would be talking about Pat Frymuth much differently you don't you don't just call you baby gronk because okay that's not just a name we're just gonna pull out of thin air for fun okay like they're the dude's so good and like i said like that was a pretty big enough sample size of the nfl season where as a rookie he was the best red zone tight end like 
I don't know, man. I'm so passionate about this. I love Pat Fryermuth. He's the best. He's Luth. He is Luth. There's no other player in the NFL has ever been Luth. So, you know. Just... It's hard to disagree with that. You can check Pro Football Reference. I'm sure they'll confirm that. By the way, I want to throw that out there. From uh, week six on, Pat Fryermuth actually outscored Dalton Schultz in points per game. I just want to put that out there into the world for you there, Herms, um, before we move on. All right. It's come to the climax, the real showtime of this one. The Cleveland Browns rep is standing ready to go. Wyatt, before I get to my questions, I actually want to pose to you, uh, I threw out on Twitter before this, I just said, if you could ask a Cleveland Browns fan one thing, what would it be? Uh, Nate Povel just simply asked, why? Do it. I mean, you you answered a little bit of this up top, uh, but if you want to elaborate, feel free. I I, I, I like pain. I guess I I have a lot of trauma. I, I, I you know I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. I I love the Browns. Always have since I was little. Uh, always watching football every Sunday with my father. Grew up playing fantasy. He's been playing fantasy for over thirty years. So I've been I've been following and playing fantasy for almost all of my life. And it was always the Browns we're watching every Sunday. So it's pretty easy that way. Yeah. Fair. All right. I, I will leave off of this. I want to move on to a, a more legitimate question here, let's say. This one comes from Jesse Schuster. says, does the Watson suspension loom large for you? Basically, the assumption here being, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but if they invest all this money into a guy with these illegal stipulations... And then if he doesn't play, let's say for a good chunk of 2022, what do you think happens with the team? Do they keep Baker Mayfield for that insurance, do you think? Well, financially, they're not worried at all because they construct uh, the contract so that he only gets paid $1 million this year. So, like, that was part of the reason, you know, this all happened. Uh, They did that so he could still get his money even if he gets suspended for this year. Um, But I... I am positive Baker's not throwing a ball for the Browns again. Uh, that's why they got Jacoby Brissett. Baker has no interest in playing with this team, and I think uh, they have to move on in some way. I, I'm assuming he's just going to obtain release at this point because no team wants to pay an asset for him when they can just wait it out and try and pick him off of the uh, table. I mean, it should be a very big bidding war for him. Go ahead, Thomas. Oh, Shout sure. out to the Browns for upgrading their backup quarterback position with the addition of Jacoby Brissett. Very important. Yeah, Very important. <laughs> so rude. Real quick, I'm curious. If Baker gets released, uh, just real quick around the horn, where does he end up? If he gets released, who picks him up? Uh, let's end with you, White. So, Dustin, where do you think he goes? Commanders. Oh, just as a little bit of competition with Carson there? Yeah. To make everybody miserable. I kind of like that. Just for the miserability aspect of it, especially. <laughs> Thomas, where do you think it goes? Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ooh. <laughs> Deep cut. Ouch, that burns. Andrew? I'll go Seahawks, because Drew Locke ain't it. I think that's a very logical uh, mm-hmm. landing spot. Herms? I will also say Seahawks and point out that a Seahawk is not a real bird. Ooh. That's We're learning tonight. This is good. They've lied to us for how many years now? This shall not stand. All right, let's talk about who the Browns truly lost and added here. So 
They lost Austin Hooper, Richard Higgins, Jarvis Landry kind of bearing the lead there, but it does not seem like he's going to go back there. Added Watson, uh, Amari Cooper, Jakeem Grant, Jacoby Brissett, we talked about as the new backup there. And then drafted David Bell in the third, Jerome Ford in the fifth, Mike Woods in the sixth. So, same question to you, Wyatt. Out of all of this, what are you most excited about, if not for 2022, then just in general for the franchise going forward? Well, I mean, it's nice to have a really good quarterback, uh, just ignoring all the terrible things that may or may not be looming with him that I won't get into now. Uh, but also getting Mari Cooper is great after losing Odell technically last year and, you know, and, and Jarvis Landry this year. And I really like David Bell in the third round. Um, you know, outside of him not being athletic, which we know doesn't actually matter that much for wide receivers, he's really good, extremely productive, great route runner. I think he's going to step right in as a starting slot receiver. I would say he's comparable to just being a bigger Jarvis Landry. Uh, I think that's like his trajectory in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for David Bell in the third. I like it. And le- leading into this here, because they did draft him in the third, and like you said, yeah, he's maybe not the most athletic guy, but his big competition right now is Amari Cooper. So, again, out of these two guys, who is the immediate dude in the offense? Is it Amari Cooper or is it David Bell? Herms, let's start with you. I'm curious, out of these two guys for 2022, who is the guy? I mean, I, I would assume Amari Cooper, but at the same time, like, all three of these players, you know, like the two receivers and the quarterback, like, they, they've never played together. You know, because, like, it's it's a similar exercise that we kind of did last year with, you know, Matthew Stafford going out to L.A. Like, oh, is it going to be Cup? Is it going to be Woods? I think we're going to have a better idea once we start getting some reports from, you know, like, off-season workouts and camp and stuff because, like, the type of rapport that gets built early on is something that I think holds some weight. Or if we find out Deshaun Watson is eating breakfast with one of them regularly, if we learned Mm -hmm. anything from the Stafford thing, it's, you know, players who eat breakfast together succeed together. So, like, I don't know. But if I'm I'm just going to bet on the thing most likely to happen, it would probably be Amari Cooper just because Amari Cooper is a lot better than David Bell. Andrew, agree, disagree with that? I mean, what is Donovan Peoples-Jones gone? Like, I think he actually the did Peoples pretty well Jones. last year. Yeah, the, the, P- you, the DPJ, you know what I'm saying? If like, you think he's the guy, feel free to toss his name into the hat here. No, 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 I'm just saying he's, he's not dead. I don't think he's the guy, but he's definitely going to be there. And I don't think Bell's the guy. He's the rookie. He's uh, very polarizing. If you ever get into a Twitter argument with someone who likes him, look out. It's, uh, it's rough on them Twitter streets. But I'm saying, like, I don't, I, I don't know who else it would be other than Amari Cooper. I mean, I just, you're right. He, he hasn't played with Watson, and Watson's obviously hasn't played for a whole year. He's a little rusty. I mean, there could be a couple of weeks where it's, you know, 14 to 3, and the Browns just don't get moving. I mean, like, it could be bad. I think they're going to get it together eventually, and I think in terms of dynasty, this is, you know, more than one year, but it could be a rough start. And I think if, if Amari Cooper is the guy with, you know, three catches and 56 yards, I don't want anything to do with that whole team. And it's just... Yeah, but I mean, again, if you're saying if he's the guy on the team, sure. But I, I'm pretty much avoiding all Browns other than Nick Chubb at this point. Thomas, you on the same track? Are you avoiding these guys altogether? Does one stand out? As I wrote for goingfor2.com, Amari Cooper is the fantasy football middle child. 
right? He's not young enough to be like cool and everybody wants to boost him up. And he's too, like, he's not quite old enough to get his seniors discount at Denny's. So he's not like a cool aging veteran value. He's just in the middle. And I think he is the guy. But over his career, if you think that's a good thing, Amari uh, Cooper in 108 games played has only finished as a top 12 wide receiver 23% of the time. He's actually finished as a wide receiver three or lower 58% of the time he's been on the field. So it's, yeah, Herms, it's gross. I went and oh. I, you can find oh. all of it going oh. .com. Uh, it's gross. And he played with Dak, who everybody loves. And he played with young Carr, which, you know, was really cool for a little while. Little little MVP boost there before he hurt his finger. He's just always been disappointing with uh, just enough uh, uh, boom weeks to sprinkle it in. And I don't know how many boom weeks there's going to be in Cleveland who is probably one of the only teams that come close to running the ball as much as Baltimore. It's terrifying. Oh my God, Dustin. It feels like he was speaking mm. your love language throughout. I know. Uh, Dustin's I know. not a big Amari Cooper fan. <laughs> I'm like half chub right now. I'm just going to not gonna lie. <laughs> we are all over the place. This is not PG anymore. <laughs> we abandoned PG a long time ago, Andrew. Just checking. Fingers and tight ends. And there I was no, doing my best to push us there. Just helping. I'm, I'm glad I could do that for you during our climax. Uh, <laughs> Touche. All right, then, Dustin, for you, I'm going to make it very clear. David Bell, are you excited? Because you're not excited about Amari, I assume. I mean, if I had to pick one of the wide receiving options on this team, I would probably pick Amari Cooper. But based on where you're going to have to draft him, I'll be avoiding him basically at all costs. I'll take one of the cheaper options, whether it's David Bell or um, Donovan's People-Jones. All right. And Wyatt, after all of this discussion, where do you sit with these guys? I do think Amari Cooper is the guy. Uh, I also am not drafting him at cost. Uh, he's so confusing because, like, we all watched him, and he's, like, really amazing at what he does. He's, like, one of the best route runners in the league. He has all the talent in the world, and yet is consistently disappointing. I have no idea, like, what, like, I can't explain it. So, but I, I do think he's the guy uh, for that reason that he, he does have all that talent. He he's proven David Bell the rookie. I'll say though, like by season's end, I wouldn't be surprised if the gap between David Bell and Amari Cooper is closing. Yeah, it's 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 actually crazy you say you won't draft him at cost now because last year was the first year aside from his rookie year where it was actually twelve point five. This is the first time since two thousand fifteen he's not being drafted inside the top twelve. And right now, uh, he's currently the 25th wide receiver off the board, which I actually think is draftable. <laughs> so it's kind of weird how he's finally hit where he should have been going a long time ago. When I when I wrote that article, it blew my mind that last year was the first time people were finally like, nope, forget it, uh, <laughs> with with Amari Cooper. So I think now he's actually kind of drafted. actually bad. It's just I think there's people in that area that I would much rather have. Yeah, like you can get Darnell Mooney in the same spot, and I would just much rather have him because I think he's going to be like around 150 targets. If I'm being honest, with Chicago, and I'll just like take that on the like the sure. ascending player over someone like Amari Cooper. Yeah, interesting. I don't hate that. Children, man. Uh, they're the worst. I wouldn't know. I'm not one, but it sounds like they're the worst. Uh, <laughs> why at last? Right, right, guys. Am I, right? I am. 
Remember that? <laughs> These fucking guys. Uh, all right, Wyatt, last question for you here that will get everybody out. But Nick Chubb, you got to talk about him. Dustin's half Chubb. Are you full Chubb on Nick Chubb? Are you bought in this year for fantasy? Or, uh, I mean, when I say bought in, I mean, you know, he's never a guy who's going to get a ton of targets, but he's going to be a top 10 guy. Or are we agreed? I am always full Chubb for Nick Chubb. I he Nick Chubb is the one player where my like homerness comes in every year, and I can't help it. He's my favorite player in the NFL. I always have him ranked higher than like he should be. I don't care. I draft him way too much every year. I I'm the wrong person to ask about Nick Chubb because I am blinded by him. Blinded by the light. I was gonna go somewhere else, but I'm glad you said light. <laughs> <laughs> Were you falling back onto the Chubb references there? Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm glad. Talk about a tight end screamer. (laughs) You know, that seems like about as good a place as any to wrap up this show. I just want to appreciate uh, everybody verbally here for coming on to the podcast. I know that was a weird way to say Mm -hmm. it, and I don't care. Because you guys make me feel comfortable enough to say weird things like that. Uh, this has been amazing. A great way to kick off this series here. Uh, I wish all of your teams the best luck. I hope everybody ties and has a good time. But I know because you guys don't feel that way. What I would love to do uh, as we go around the circle here, I want you to tell everybody what you're up to, where they can find you, any projects, etc. in the works. But I also want to know where you think your team will land at the end of this year, in terms of a win-loss record. Take a stab in the dark. Where do you think you will fall? Let's start with you, Wyatt, because you got so much guff here, and God damn it, you were so good about it. So where do you think your Browns finish this year, and where can people find them? You can find me on Twitter at WyattB underscore FF. You can find basically everything I do at jwbfantasyfootball.com and hopefully you'll be seeing some articles from me coming soon at the uh, Dynasty League Football. As for my brownies, I'm going to say that Deshaun Watson's suspension gets pushed off until next year and they go 12-5. Woo! That's uh, spicy. I like it. I love the optimism. All right, Herms, over to you. Well, you can find me out here in these streets on Twitter at Herms NFL. I have a podcast called The Lateral Show. Woo! We do it. It's a fun time. I say the F word a lot. Uh, you can find that on Spotify, Apple pod, pod, Podcasts. Words got really hard there for a second. I don't know. Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those places. Wherever Anchor puts it, I don't know. I have Anchor do it so that I don't have to think about it. And then uh, I have another hat. It is for Fantasy Pros. That's where I do stuff, including writing and stuff. Sometimes editing. I don't know. Uh, find me there. And then also, uh, I am the podcast producer for the Devi Royale. If you're interested in Devi, Campus to Canton, college football in general, learning things, I don't know. Listen to it because it's good. Agreed. And where do you think your Steelers are going to end up here? I don't know. I tried to, I was hoping you would forget because I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, it's such, honestly, like, dude, like, theoretically, they should improve a little bit based off of what they did last year. Maybe like 10 or 11 wins, but the division's so tough, we all play each other twice. I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) That's a fair answer. That is a mighty fair answer. All right, Andrew. Well, Bengals went 10-7 and last year, made it to the Super Bowl. Pretty happy with that. So I'm going to say 
11 and 6. I'm going to give it a little conservative. I do feel like this is a tough division. Everybody else got tougher. I, I, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I really just think we're all going to beat each other up, like Harm said. It's, it's going to be brutal. Um, but you can find me at Fantasy Pros. I do right there pretty much all year long. I do dan- dynasty content for them. And then I do redraft weekly content at Pro Football Network. Yes, that's right. Herms, are on, Herms and I are on the same team. Uh, also, one of the, the many co-hosts for the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a weekly podcast on Thursday nights where we talk about junkies. I'm sorry. No, we talk about Dynasty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but we talk about uh, different things that can help your Dynasty League and help your Dynasty team outside of player evaluation, more of the game within the game. You know, talking about trades, talking about strategies, when to do what and all this. So it's a good time. So find us over there. And you can find me on Twitter. All of my stuff's there at Andrew Hall FF. I love it. All right, Thomas, wrap us up here. Well, you can find me over there, Thomas Temple FF, over there on the Bird app. Some people say you can even find me in the mean streets of suburban Canada out here in Winnipeg. If you dislike what I say about my takes, come over here and find me in the frozen tundra. It's no problem. It's actually something uh, I have in common with you boys over there in Green Bay. It's frozen here. Other than that, you can find the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, wherever your podcasts can be found. You can also find all of our work at True North FFB, as we recently partnered with them. And as of Saturday, you can find the Fantasy Walkabout exclusively on triple play fantasy where we will it will be the only place to stream it there go do that all of the things and go follow all of the people because they're all fantastic but your teams are trash except will finish in a pit of despair uh likely third in the division um i don't see them really having a better record than they had last year it's nothing really to do with anything other than the schedule is really tough for the division and I don't, I don't think with all the, like, yeah, they're getting players back, but they're all coming off major injuries. The secondary has got two corners that are going to be recovering from injuries. They're, they're two biggest weapons in the offense outside of Jackson are coming back for big injuries. And we don't even know if their left tackle can play football anymore. Uh, I think the hype for Baltimore outside of Jackson is way too high. Tone it down third in the division and a pit of misery. Man, I've never seen somebody walk back the trash talk so quickly in my <laughs> life. But you ended in a very realistic place, which I honestly love. That was the perfect balance of salty and sweet. You're like, uh, what's those little Swiss nut roll things? You know what I mean? You guys have those in Canada. It's like a Swiss prefer, nut roll. I prefer Swiss cannoli. Uh, my people, I prefer cannoli. I'm a giant fat cannoli. Uh, the food of my people. Okay, you you can be the cannoli as well. You're right, Wyatt. I don't know that Swiss nut roll was ever anything, to be clear. All right, Dustin, how would you like to wrap up this episode? Well, I just want to, uh, again, say thank you to all of you for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun, even though I took a more of a back seat this evening. Uh, it, it was great uh, cutting it up with all of you. Uh, go out and find us wherever you find your podcasts. We are out there. Give us a rate and review. It helps other people find us, which we do appreciate. Um, hit us up at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter if you have any fantasy-related questions or not. We're here for all of it. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog if you really want to. I throw out stuff occasionally. And that's about it, Jake. What about you? You can find me being just as dumb at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. Uh, yes, just reiterating everything that you said. I'm glad you got to take a back seat for once because you typically do all of this, and this is hard. 
don't know if anybody's ever done this before. This is hard. So just all of the props to Dustin for normally taking all of this uh, over. But again, love you guys for coming on. Much appreciated. And until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. That wasn't the right outro at all, but this one is.